Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. To me, journaling is one of the simplest yet most potent growth tools out there. You control the cost and the effort, but the benefits will come regardless of the approach if you do it consistently. Journaling is the act of regularly recording your thoughts, emotions, experiences, and reflections in a personal space. Journaling is intended to encourage self-discovery, self-expression, and personal development, and primarily involves writing but can include visual elements. A journal's a safe private space to explore your inner world. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping overwhelmed clients make space for what matters. Join me each episode as we explore ways to live a more proactive, productive life with topics and guests that speak to simplifying, self-awareness, systems, and so much more. I understand overwhelm personally as a fellow multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats, and former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and I'm so grateful you joined me today. If you're someone who hears journaling and thinks Oprah or gratitude or pictures of influencers sitting in a softly lit space by a window with a latte and a color-coded bookshelf, then one, we can totally be friends, and two, you will want to stick around while we unpack the whole journaling thing today. If we've spent time together, you may already know that I love to talk about buzzwords and misunderstood concepts and reframe them in a way where you're able to see how they could work for you. One of the things I love the most as a coach is customizing the how of something my client has decided they want. If there's an approach or technique that you want to take advantage of, but the traditional way seems far removed from how you work. I encourage you to look further. It's easy to get caught up in the most common or most popular aspects of something like journaling and dismiss it out of hand. Stick with me and we'll do what I do with all my clients. We'll take that concept and turn it around until it fits you. Today, I want to start with some ideas on different ways we can journal to give you the big picture view of some of the options out there. And then We'll talk about the benefits of therapeutic journaling specifically, and I'll be sure to leave you with some next steps, including prompts to get you started. To me, journaling is one of the simplest yet most potent growth tools out there. You control the cost and the effort, but the benefits will come regardless of the approach if you do it consistently. Journaling is the act of regularly recording your thoughts, emotions, experiences, and reflections in a personal space. And this could be a physical notebook or digital platform. Journaling is intended to encourage self-discovery, self-expression, and personal development, and primarily involves writing, but can include visual elements. So this is good if you are a doodler. 
A journal's a safe, private space to explore your inner world. You can use it as a therapeutic tool, which we'll talk about today, or as a creative outlet or a way to capture moments or track progress. You can use it for business, which we talked about with Lisa Latimer on the podcast, and I will include a link to that episode in the show notes. There are so many ways to approach journaling, including free writing and stream of consciousness writing, as well as prompt-based journaling, which I think may be the easier way to start when you are new at it. Types of journals can include bullet journals, gratitude journals, dream journals, and travel journals. I know I teased about gratitude journals at the beginning, but I think they're actually quite fabulous. And I promise you that no color-coded bookshelves were harmed in the making of this episode. Okay, so all these different kinds of journals, right? The process, it can be as short as five or 10-minute sprints or longer sessions, and you can include visual elements in that. It could be an entire day of reflection if that feels good for you. Now, reflective journaling, which again, doesn't have to take long, but is very specific, is a kind that is, I would say, most connected to the idea of therapeutic journaling. It's a way to capture your experiences and emotions by describing what has happened and how you perceive it. The benefits of journaling, I will do my best to give you a sense of them, but they are numerous. <laughs> journaling supports personal growth by creating a space and a habit of self-reflection, self-awareness, and self-discovery. By telling your story to yourself, you are in the practice of seeing your life from a different perspective. And with that perspective, come so many benefits. As I mentioned before, it's a safe space. And that's something that you need to properly process your experiences and the stress, the emotions that come with that. Stress reduction alone from getting whatever it is that you're feeling and experiencing out of your head and your heart onto paper can be a massive benefit. Emotional release through writing in a private space also gets you in far less trouble than punching someone or something. And think about it. Think about, oh my God, T-Swift is a great example. Constantly processing through writing lyrics, right? So I'm not saying you have to write a song, but I am saying that the more that you can get these things out of your head and your heart someplace safe, the better you're able to create the space you need to process, to grow, and to heal. Once you've released your thoughts and feelings, so you have the space to process them, and as you write about them, you also may be able to find solutions and next steps. And that's where therapeutic journaling can be most productive. It's healthy to release what's pent up in you, so I don't want to diminish that. That alone is a fabulous benefit and worth doing it. But there's a next level benefit to figuring out what's beyond those thoughts and feelings. It can help you take healthy action and become better at dealing with those same thoughts and feelings that invariably will come up again in the future. One of the most common challenges I work on with clients is prioritizing, which is essentially making a set of decisions. Part of why it works so well to work with a coach is the external processing that happens when we talk. The extra benefit of having a coach is also that I ask follow-up questions and can also offer suggestions and help you brainstorm solutions. So that's why we can fast track your progress. 
But there are many instances where you can keep asking yourself the questions and process a challenge quite far on your own through journaling. Writing it all out can help you organize your thoughts and see things differently, especially if you take a break and come back and read it later when you're fresh. Ultimately, stepping outside yourself and engaging in your life experiences from the perspective of an observer is a practice in mindfulness and being present. Journaling can be a meditative experience and can help you learn self-compassion. And most importantly, it can help you foster a deeper connection with yourself. Now let's talk about how to approach therapeutic journaling. Keeping in mind that it's a more reflective style, here are some steps I encourage you to take to try it. One, you need to find a private space where you can focus on your thoughts and emotions without interruptions. Now, this could be a quiet spot at home, or you could be in public somewhere like a coffee shop, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but it isn't if you feel the right energy and the anonymity for this task. Think about, you know, the din of the coffee shop and people paying attention to their lives and they don't know what you're doing. It could be a great place for you to sit and to think away from your everyday life. Number two is to set aside a dedicated time where you can focus and approach this consistently. That's what makes a good habit, right, is the consistency. So even if it's only a few minutes a day or a few minutes a week, that's okay. It's the consistency to create the habit and to practice it that matters. Number three, I need you to let go of perfection about this. And I know that's really hard, especially you Enneagram Ones who have this gorgeous journal in front of you and you don't want to mess it up. I need you to give yourself permission to write without judgment or censorship. Don't catch yourself when you're writing something that you're thinking is terrible. Let your thoughts and feelings flow onto the pages. Don't worry about grammar or spelling. Cross things off. I know. I know. I'm shuddering with you. And I'm an Enneagram too, okay? But it can be hard because. You want it to be pretty, but this is not about pretty. This is about processing. The more honest and authentic you are, the better your outcome. Number four, I want you to explore and ask yourself questions and follow-up questions too. Use your journal to delve further into the experiences and emotions that you're writing about. Think about what the underlying causes are. Now's the time to keep asking why and to look for the patterns and the triggers. Point them out, highlight them. Number five is to allow the positive and negative. And this is connected to number three of letting go of perfection, right? But this is really important. I want you to reflect on how you feel and what frustrates you and excites you and what you appreciate, which is a form of gratitude journaling, kind of, right? So that you can combine the two, you can reflect on both. There's, there's an inherent balance in it. So it's not that you are only focusing on what's going wrong and, and what you're thinking and frustrated about, but you're also focusing on what's going right. And that's a big part of the coaching that I do, leaning into the positive psychology aspect of focusing on our strengths and focusing on what's working. So I want you to make sure that you are expressing both. Number six is using the space to talk to yourself. And what I mean by that is this is not 
a specific conversation you're having with someone else or with your journal or with your diary. It's, it's like a conversation you're having with you. Now, if you want to start it, Dear Diary, feel free. Again, you get to make this your own, but you could also write letters to yourself or create affirmations. You can also literally ask yourself questions in the journal and then answer them. And it's okay. No judging. Number seven is to dream away. And what I mean by this is, while I know some people like to use journals, especially the more targeted, task-oriented, like bullet journals, to set goals, I would suggest in reflective therapeutic journaling that you use it more for the dreaming. Write out your dreams and your desires and what drives you because a lot of times we bring so much judgment with that. We stop them before they start. We stop the steps that we could take before we take them because we think that'll never work. So in therapeutic journaling, you can explore it without that judgment and tap into that energy, which then can help you take action. And number eight, use it as a self-care assessment. And what I mean by this, your journal is a good tool for self-reflection and it's an ideal place to address self-care. I don't mean like a habit tracker, although again, something like a bullet journal can be amazing for habit tracking. For this, I want you to think about your needs and your desires and your boundaries, how you work best exploring ways to nurture and care for yourself physically and mentally. Express that yearning for you to be taken care of too in this journal and allow that to help you grow into someone who honors those needs. I also highly recommend you review your journal entries. It's sometimes scary. And also I know that you want to do the thing and then you want to move on to the next thing. That's very natural for us. But when you take the time and the courage to review what you've written, it will remind you of where you are in life. And that often includes the progress you're making. So you can celebrate that. It also makes it easier to observe patterns. It's been fascinating to me to go back to journal entries that I've written a year ago or two years ago and think, wow, <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I don't mean to discourage you, but it is true that certain experiences that we have stay with us, okay? We have trauma and we have limiting beliefs and, you know, we can't snap our fingers and have them gone. They stay with us, right? The, the same frustrations stay with us. But the more that we see that they're staying with us, the more we can understand how deep they go. It will be so much easier to observe these patterns. And when you can observe the patterns, it makes it easier to address them. You have the potential to make new connections and gain new insights every time you review what you do. All right, now let's get into prompts. And the reason I wanted to share those is because sometimes looking at a blank page can feel like a lot. I know I can get anxiety looking at a blank page. That can happen when I start a podcast episode like this one. I was like, okay, I want to talk about this topic. Where do I start? And, you know, it takes me a little bit to get going. So sometimes a prompt or a framework can help. So I have five of them to help you get started. Number one is challenges and conflict. 
So write about a recent challenge or a conflict you faced and how it made you feel. I want you to reflect on not only the emotions and maybe what happened after, but what you've learned from the experience and how it's contributed to who you are today, maybe to your growth, maybe to challenges that you continue to have. Number two is write yourself. I mentioned this before. You can write a letter to yourself. It can be to you right now. It can also be to your younger self or your future self. You can offer words of advice or encouragement. You can ask questions. So think about it. You know, what do you want to know? If you were interviewing yourself, what would you say? Be curious about you and who you are. Be curious about what you've learned and you would tell yourself if you were younger. And be curious about where you want to go in the future. All right, number three would be a self-care audit. And I mentioned that before. So you want to describe your self-care routine or activity and assess what it does. Is it working for you? Does it nourish you? Or is it lacking? Are there other things you wish you were doing? How do you feel? What would you change? Number four is fears and beliefs. And this is an opportunity to write about things that you're afraid of. And again, no judgment. It's just how you're feeling. Limiting beliefs are a big one. Those are the things that hold you back from pursuing your goals and living your life fully, right? So ask yourself not only what they are, and sometimes they're tricky, right? You don't expect them to come out the way they do. Or maybe you're not even thinking that you have them, but by asking and journaling about it, you may find, oh, this is a reason that I'm not taking action, that I, I didn't want to start the podcast in the first place. The reason I mention that is because I did have my own limiting beliefs about starting this podcast. And now here we are, you and I are talking nearly three years later, over 23,000 downloads later, over 150 episodes. It's been a wild ride. And it was by processing those limiting beliefs and taking action that we're here today. So I encourage you to keep reflecting on what's holding you back and ask yourself, where does it come from? If you actually believe it deep down and how you can work toward overcoming it. Number five, well, this is the fifth prompt and we're going to leave it at that today is imagine your ideal day or life. I love doing this. And this is that dreaming part that I talked about. So you write in detail what a day would look like. And maybe it does include that soft light and the latte and the color-coded bookshelf that I mentioned. Actually, that sounds amazing to me. So I'm teasing about it, but maybe there is something that you absolutely love. I love a day where I don't feel rushed, right? And I love a day that involves coffee. I think we all know that. And a day that involves music and a day where I can help others. So yeah, start to think about the components of the day and even how the layout might look. And again, you want to think about this as if obstacles and fears and you know resources weren't an issue. And that also helps you figure out what obstacles and fears and resources are ones that you can work on. All right. I kept this to five because I want to make choosing one easier. And the variations are plenty. So 
If you want to take one concept and expand on it further or maybe get some additional prompts to help you, this is a place where you could use an AI chatbot like ChatGPT so you can explain what you're trying to journal about, ask it for prompts, and then see what it says. And that may help you keep going. One last thing I want to mention is that this, like any other practice, needs to be approached like a habit. So while that includes establishing a consistent way to practice, more importantly, it's about making it fun and enticing. If you're like me, you love a beautiful, inspiring journal and a really good pen to write with. So that's one way, as long as you're willing to mess it up. If you find that you need a quicker way to do it, then a dedicated notebook inside of GoodNotes on your iPad could work. Or you could even set up a folder where you do voice messages to yourself based on your chosen prompt. Maybe talking to yourself is an easier way to journal than writing. But I will tell you that writing pen to paper has a neurosensory experience that can be very important for you. So I I would encourage that as much as you're able. And with that experience in writing, there can be a concern about wasting paper or having it sitting around. So something like a rocket book could work well in this case. You use erasable pens and markers, write what you want, scan it into a folder or email, and then wipe it away and start over. I actually use them repeatedly for client work and love them. And my favorite journals and the rocket book I use are all on my favorites page on my website, positivelyproductive.com favorites. So you can go there and check them out. I realize there are a lot of variables here. So even this simple concept can feel confusing because there are a lot of choices. So let's step back. Now that you've listened or maybe re-listened to this episode, you need to decide if you want to give journaling a go. And then you need to decide what kind. Do you want it to be therapeutic like we talked about today? And if so, then you can use the details we have here. And if it's some other kind of journaling, then we could certainly talk about that in a chat. Or you can start searching for other types of journaling ideas, including things like bullet journaling. If you want to start processing your life and doing the inner work, then start with one of the prompts that we talked about today and make sure to choose one that feels easiest to you. Let the easy win because that's the key to getting you to start. And starting is what you need to do before anything else. Remember, if you have questions, you can always DM me on my socials on Instagram at positively underscore Lisa or message me via my contact page on the website. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.